Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Roughing the Podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Devin. Devin, we got a fun episode in store today, don't we? Yes, we do. I am very excited about this. Lots of uh, strenuous brain activity took place. Um, pretty, pretty stressful time for me. Cody, you seem like you had a little bit of an easier time with this, but we'll see how our mock drafts stack up. We're going to go through the first round of the NFL draft coming up on this Thursday. So we're excited about it. Um, hope you guys are too, Cody. You want to just, you want to just start this thing off? You want to go? Yeah. So, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars are officially on the clock. Uh, and with the first pick in the 2022 NFL draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Aiden Hutchinson. Defensive end from Michigan. Um, he was runner up in the Heisman Trophy voting. Um, he's super powerful. He's super intense. Uh, great locker room presence. And I think that he um, will form a great pass rushing duo with Josh Allen down in Jacksonville to uh, spark that defense. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you there. I also have him. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson going number one overall to Jacksonville. It was kind of a little bit of a debate between him and Trayvon Walker, but and I think tech, I, the last I heard, the Jack, Jack Jacksonville hasn't actually made up their minds on this, but I think they're probably leaning towards Aiden Hutchinson. I mean, it's been Aiden Hutchinson since the beginning. He was the first guy, then it was Evan Neal for a little bit, and then it was possibly Ikemakwanu, and now it's possibly Trayvon Walker. But I think they stick with their gut and they go with the the guy who had the most college production out of any of these edge rushers in Aiden Hutchinson. And then following up with him, um, I've got Detroit taking Trayvon Walker. Um, I don't necessarily think this is where Detroit should go. I think they would be better off taking Kayvon Thibodeau or even Ahmad Gardner. But I think the talk around the league um, and the potential that Trayvon Walker has, I think he's going to skyrocket up this board come draft night. So I think he goes number two overall. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously a lot of hype around him. I don't know that he's the best, like, bang for your buck prospect, like you said, at two. But I also have him going at two to the Lions. And, I mean, I think the dude has a lot of grit and a lot of hustle. We saw that in the national championship game when he chased down uh, Ajayi Hall for, for Alabama from 24 yards back. Um, and I think that that goes really well with the mentality that Dan Campbell is um, preaching. And I think that there's a lot of potential for Campbell to unlock with him. Uh, and I definitely think he can contribute on a team that just has a lot of needs. I mean, I feel like they, they really can't go wrong. Um, but I also had him taking yeah. Walker at two. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of the talk about his potential kind of comes from that defense in general. Georgia has so many, so many good defensive um, players. I mean, I'm pretty sure I have at least three in the first round just from Georgia. Um, I mean, we saw Jermaine Johnson the second transfer out of Georgia to Florida State because he wasn't getting enough playing time in Georgia, and he's also going to be a first-round pick. So there is just so much talent in that rotational um, defense that Georgia liked to play on their defensive line, it kind of hindered his production a little bit. So you might see it tick up. Um, it might just take a year or two for him to get used to playing at the NFL level. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, back-to-back agreements here. We'll see how long that lasts. But uh, at three, we have the Houston Texans. Um, And this was another tough pick, but I think that uh, they have been looking for a a defensive lineman to kind of lead the way for them since Watt left. And I think they go that way. Uh, And I have them taking Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, the defensive end from Oregon here. Um, not necessarily like the most like technically sound prospect, but a ton of potential. And I think that that is the exact type of project that Levy, Levy Smith can, uh, can work on in what I think will be his short time in Houston. Uh, again, the team with a lot of needs and I just think that just the athleticism and the, uh, talent and the potential that Thibodeau has, uh, is alluring to them at the three spot. Yeah, I could easily see them taking him there. Um, I could see them taking Ahmad Gardner there. I have them taking Ikema Kwonu, uh, the offensive tackle from North Carolina State. I just think, I mean, they desperately need right tackle help, and this would be a great situation for him to go into, being able to develop on that right tackle side in the NFL. And then once Laramie Tunsil moves on from the Houston Texans, he can transition right over to the left tackle and be just as successful there. Um We've seen him just be dominant at the college level. I think it's going to carry over to the NFL. So I think Aquanu is going to be a great tackle for the Texans for um, a good amount of time there. Yeah, I mean, very good call. I mean, I think offensive line is an important need for them. Uh, well, I may or may not have them taking offensive line help down the line here. So, uh, but great call out. And yeah, I mean, I think, again, these teams, the, the three teams that we've talked about already, they're teams that, really have a lot of needs and there's a lot of talent at the top of the draft. So another team that I feel like really can't go wrong in that three spot. Yeah, absolutely. Moving on here, we've got the second team that had actually third team that has two picks in the first round. Um, The New York jets picking at four. I have them taking Ahmad Gardner, the cornerback from Cincinnati, best cornerback in this draft class. Um, They really need help. They've got Robert Sala, who's a great defensive-minded head coach, and I think he's going to be a great lockdown corner that they need desperately because the receivers in the AFC East are just getting better. Um, so I think I think they go there. The sauce. I could not agree more. Uh, at four, I have the Jets taking Sauce Gardner. Um, great corner. 4-4 four, four speed. Uh all the mental uh, concentration, determination, grit that you want. Uh, I mean, he was one of the least targeted uh, defensive backs we've seen in a while at the college level. And I think that he can really um, be a lockdown corner and be the same thing uh, for the Jets. Uh, and that's something that they haven't had in a lot of years. So can definitely turn himself into a staple in that defense uh, and contribute for them right away. So I agree. Uh, Sauce Gardner at four. We got it five, Cody. Um, so a name that a name that uh, we've heard already here. Uh, I have them taking. Uh, I'm, we're gonna butcher a lot of names here today. At least I am. I don't know if you looked at pronunciations, but uh, Ikem Ikwonu, uh, tackle from NC State. Uh, they're a team that man, they need help <laughs> in a lot of places. Again, uh, that offensive line is just one of many places for them, but. Um, 
Ikonu's got a lot of potential. There was talks of him being the number one pick for a while. Um, he's a pancake machine. He's powerful. Um, I think he still has a lot of room to develop and a ton of potential, uh, and it fits a need for them. So I have the uh, Giants taking Ikonu at five. Yeah, if I didn't have Houston taking them at taking him at three, I would have had the Giants taking him at five. But since he's off the board, I went with Evan Neal, tackle out of Alabama. Originally thought to be possibly the first overall pick uh, before Jacksonville decided um, to put the franchise tag on Cam Robinson. So I think he falls to five here. Um, and the Giants desperately need uh, pass protection, run protection, help on that offensive line in the trenches. So, yeah, I have them going there. Yeah, I mean, same position, two very talented guys. Um, would not be surprised to see the Giants go uh, O-line there. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll move on. You're to up it. for six in I Carolina. Am. Yeah, so let's go to Carolina here. Um, I have Kenny Pickett, quarterback from Pittsburgh, going to Carolina at six. I think this is a reach for quarterbacks in this draft class, but Carolina does not have a pick on day two. Um, so they're just going to take their signal caller here. Um, it gives them a potential new starter. I think Sam Darnold is still capable. I mean, we saw that early on in the year. Um, they do need a lot of other help. Their offensive line could use some help. Um, I could easily see them taking an offensive tackle here if either Equonu or Neal fall to them. But I think with Matt Rule kind of being – in a make-it-or-break-it year, he goes for his guy. He goes for a guy similar to Sam Darnold. I don't think he takes the dual threat who would need more development in Malik Willis. So most NFL-ready quarterback, and Kenny Pickett goes to Carolina for me at six. So, again, another case of uh, same same position, different player for me here. Uh, I also have them going quarterback, but I have them going uh, Malik Willis. I think. Um, I think they want a playmaker, and I think that's exactly what Willis is, I think. Um, but a caveat that I'll add here for all the quarterbacks in this draft, I don't see any of them starting week one. I think they all need a little bit of a runway um, into starting. And I think with Sam Darnold, uh, Willis has that. Very different players, but um, Willis has a, a great arm. He's physical. He has a ton of potential. He's a playmaker. And I think that's what Carolina needs. I think that's what Matt Rule needs to save his job. And even if he's not necessarily seeing Willis as his starter this year, um, I think Willis is a or, – or Kenny Pickett, as you said, is a, hey, I just took this rookie quarterback. Let me work with him a little bit and maybe get an extra a year or two on my contract if uh, – should, should it come down to that. Um, but with Carolina taking their guy uh, at six, uh, I have a team that you're pretty familiar with. I have your Steelers saying, okay, they took their guy. We need to make sure we get our guy. And I think for them, our guy could be Kenny Pickett. So I actually have our first trade uh, in our mock draft episode. I have the Steelers taking a big jump up and taking Kenny Pickett at seven uh, to potentially mold him behind Trubisky into uh, the homegrown quarterback. Uh, of the future for them. Um. Okay. Okay. Um, 
I don't have that happening. Um, <laughs> as much as I would like to see Kenny Pickett in the black and gold, I don't think it happens unless he falls to 20. I don't see Pittsburgh trading up for one of these quarterbacks, especially given the fact that, I mean, like you said, it would be really, really beneficial for all of them to have that um, kind of runway to run on, get that um, NFL development a little bit under their belt before they take the reins of an NFL offense. Um, so I have the Giants actually taking Kayvon Thibodeau here. I have him falling a little bit. Um, but, I mean, the Jets going with Sauce Gardner. Houston, I think they can get another edge rusher later on. So I have Thibodeau going to the Giants at seven. So they make out in the top seven picks with a fantastic offensive tackle and an edge rusher who are both going to be day one starters for them. Yeah, I, I don't mind it at all. I think the edge rusher was the next need for me for the Giants. Um, I just think that there's some room for them to play with edge rusher towards the end of this draft, which is why I saw the potential for a trade-up to happen here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but absolutely do not do not mind that pick at all. All right, uh, going into number eight, I actually have my first trade of our mock draft going. I have New no Orleans. No way. I have New Orleans jumping up. They trade their first two rounders to Atlanta um, rather than – so that way they can keep one next year. Um, first two rounders to Atlanta, and they grab Malik Willis, a very, very similar quarterback to Jameis Winston. He'll be able to develop under him, get that veteran leadership, and they sneak it right in front of Seattle, who – I think if Malik Willis isn't gone by nine, that they would take him um, just because of his Russell Wilson type play. Man, that is surprising to me. I don't mind it. I do think the Saints have potential to take a quarterback. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I just, I think, I mean, I don't mind it. I don't mind the the thought at all, but I think that, Atlanta, who is currently in that eighth spot, has a glaring need at wide receiver, and I think they go get the best receiver in this draft uh, at that spot, and I think that's Garrett Wilson. So I have the Falcons taking Garrett Wilson, wide receiver, Ohio State. Um, dude is a playmaker. Uh, when he's in a battle for the ball, he usually wins. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, I just think there's a ton of talent there. It is a glaring need. They don't know what's up with Calvin Ridley, and they don't have anybody behind Calvin Ridley. So um, they take the top receiver uh, off the board, I think. Okay, yeah. Yeah, if if New Orleans doesn't trade here, Atlanta has a one-and-done thing. They're going to turn in that card sprinting to get Garrett Wilson there. Um, what do, who do you have uh, Seattle taking next? Or do you have a trade? I, I don't have a trade. Um, I think that they're in my draft. It's a little bit different in your draft, but in my draft, their eyes get real big and round. Uh, they just lost their quarterback because their quarterback was unhappy that he was getting sacked too much. And when uh, Evan Neal falls to the ninth spot, I think they take him here. Um, Neal again was another guy that was in consideration for um, for that top spot at one point. Um, he has a ton of recovery skills. He's built like a tank, um, a ton of talent. He's ready to go right now to make a difference for a team. And I think Seattle, whoever's playing quarterback for them, I think they need 
O-line help, and I think Neal can step in and start a tackle for them right away. Yeah, absolutely. If Evan Neal is there, they'd be stupid not to take him. Um, I don't think Neal falls to out of the top 10. Um, I do agree with you, though. I think they go with an offensive lineman, especially with Malik Willis just getting taken before them. So I think they go with Charles Cross from Mississippi State, the next best offensive tackle they've got, especially when you think about Dwayne Brown, who's still unsigned, getting up there in age, even if he does come back. But they really need offensive line help. Um, So protect whoever is under center first rather than getting a rookie quarterback here who would just get sacked constantly. Um, That just stunts development. So get that offensive line help first. I have them going Charles Cross. Yeah, great call. Um, again, I just think it's best available at that positional need. And for me, it was Neil. And for you, it was Cross. So uh, definitely like the pick for sure from you. Um, we see the Jets for a second time at 10. What do you got? Who you got them going with? So since Atlanta traded back, I actually have them taking Garrett Wilson here. Um, get Zach Wilson some help on the outside. Get the Wilson boys back. Um, I think he would be a great addition to this squad outside on the other opposite Corey Davis there in the wide receiver room. If Garrett Wilson does go eight, I really like Drake London here. Um, we could easily also see them, at least with mine, with Ahmad Gardner going four, we could see them taking Jermaine Johnson as well. But personally, I feel like they need some receiver help, get Zach Wilson the help he needs. So beef up the offense, beef up the defense, go with Garrett Wilson. You're stealing my thunder over there, boss. Hey. Uh, so I... I think there's three major needs for the Jets, right? And they have picks early to address those needs. And I think those needs are defensive back, wide receiver, and edge rush. Couldn't agree um, more. And we both have them taking their defensive back uh, at four. Um, with only one wide receiver going before 10, uh, I think that they see the depth of this class at wide receiver and hold off. So I see them going edge rush here. And then okay. that's where that name that, name that you brought up uh Jermaine Johnson defensive end out of Florida State um he was on that loaded Georgia defense uh but then he transferred um he's a relentless pass rusher that I think can step in and uh definitely add to that defense uh give him another rookie to come in and start making plays right away all right all right yeah I could totally see that happening especially with them going cornerback first so that moves us to the 11 spot with the Washington Commanders. Uh, I definitely had them going defensive back here, but perhaps an unpopular opinion. Uh, I had them taking uh, Derek Stingley out of corner out of LSU uh, rather than Kyle Hamilton. Um, Stingley's got a lot of potential. We saw that if this were a couple of years ago, uh, Stingley might be a top five pick. It's not. He had his uh, list rank injury um, and He's a great prospect, but he hasn't doesn't necessarily have the film to show it. I do think he has a very high ceiling and a lot of potential. Uh, and for a Washington team that I don't think I can name any uh, defensive secondary guys off the top of my head, I think it addresses a need for them. Uh, gives him a guy out there that can make plays uh, with Chase when Chase Young puts pressure on the quarterback. Uh, and in a, a division where you have skilled receivers like C.D. Lamb, uh, Kenny Galladay, Devontae Smith, uh, that's definitely needed. Um, so there's a couple different options, like I said, but I have him going with Stingley. Uh, 11. 
All right. I have another defensive back here. Um, I have them going Kyle Hamilton. I think he's he and Ahmad Gardner are the two best defensive backs in this class. It's kind of a debate as to who is better. But Kyle Hamilton is one of the better um, safety prospects that we've seen fall into the NFL draft um, as of late. So I think his fall out of the top 10 stops immediately. And he goes to, at number 11 to Washington and they get a ball seeking playmaker um, in the in the backfield there. Yeah, I mean, great, great call out. Uh, you'll hear more from me on him in a second. But who do you have Minnesota taking at 12? I have Derek Stingley Jr. Um, it looks like we are flip-flopping our defensive back picks here. Uh, Minnesota needs some cornerback help. I think Derek Stingley is a great fit there. He's got that uh, veteran leadership to help him along, get him NFL ready. Um, and as long as he can avoid injury, I think he's going to be a great cornerback in the NFL. Yeah, and I have them taking Kyle Hamilton, who you just talked about. Um, a ton of range, a ton of awareness, a great playmaker that can immediately contribute in that secondary. Um, again, a guy who, I mean, we saw him miss six games because of a knee injury, but a guy who, if he can stay healthy, is an immediate playmaker, a great talent, an outstanding prospect, um, and a good fit in Minnesota. Absolutely. Um, great defensive Backs all around. Um, that would be our third one off of the board for both of us. Who do you have at number 13? Yeah, so we're back to Houston, right? And uh, with the third overall pick, I had him going edge rusher. You had him going offensive line. Uh, and now I have them uh, lighten up when they see Charles Cross is still on the board here uh, for in my draft. And I have them taking Charles Cross. Uh, a guy with a ton of power um, and a guy with a lot of potential for development. He can learn a lot from Laramie Tunsil while Tunsil's still there, like you said, with um, Ikuonu, and then step into – I mean, he'll be a, a tackle to start, but then kind of step in that lead tackle position down the line um, as he continues to develop his technique uh, and footwork. Yeah, absolutely. I love them going offensive tackle. I have them going at third overall. Um, Aquanu is definitely by far better than Charles Cross. Um, but nonetheless, they still get their offensive tackle in both of our drafts. And then I have them going edge rusher here. Jermaine Johnson, the second falls out of Florida State. So I have Houston taking the, him at 13. We've given some analysis on him um, and some other picks. So we'll go ahead and just move straight on into 14. Um, with Baltimore, except I have my second trade coming up here. I have Kansas City trading one of their first-round picks, jumping up to 14 right in front of Philadelphia to snag a wide receiver. And I have them going with Jameson Williams. This guy is by far and away the best receiver in this class. If it weren't for an ACL tear, he would be going in the top 10, possibly the top 5. Um, and Kansas City is one of those teams where they can kind of afford to let him rehab a little bit. They have McCole Hardman, they have MVS, and they have Juju Smith-Schuster at receiver, not to mention they have Travis Kelsey. And then they also picked up Ronald Jones in the backfield, so Clyde Edwards-Alaire can catch some passes. So they've got plenty of receiver help. They can let him develop, they can let him rehab, and they can get him back later in the year, and they'll be totally fine. And then they have their Tyreek Hill replacement in Jamison Williams. Yeah, love love the move, love the pick. 
Um, so ironically enough, I also have the Chiefs trading one of their uh, first round picks into this spot to get the jump on wide receiver. I do have them taking. Uh, we should Drake we London. should preface this. We should preface this. We did not share our mock drafts before coming to this episode, so we both just randomly had Kansas City trading with Baltimore here. Yeah, so we're actually going to turn this into a some sort of competition. We're going to have some sort of point system, and we'll up, update you guys on that uh, during our draft episode on Thursday. But, um, yeah, we so we did no communication. So pretty impressive that we both have a trade going in the same spot with the same teams. But like I said, I have him going Drake call, London. Instead. I, same to you, Dev. Same to you. <laughs> uh, but – have him going Drake London here, another guy who, uh, with, coming off an injury, uh, he fractured his ankle, but uh, he has a ton of ball skills, a ton of savvy, was a great wide receiver at USC. You really can't go wrong. I think I would venture to guess we're both going to have a few wide receivers going off in the next several picks, and it's really pick your poison. I think all these guys have a lot of potential to be playmakers, and it's just a matter of what um, what that team wants. Um, but I think Drake London can come in. Uh, and right away contribute, uh, but also learn from some of those veterans that you talked about. Yeah, absolutely. I kind of, I kind of feel like Drake London's a little bit similar to Juju in the fact that he's kind of a, a big-bodied receiver who's down there in the red zone. So I, I went with Jamison Williams, more of a speedster, can beat you up top. Um, so either way, they get their receiver, they trade up for it, and they have that capital to do so. They have six picks in the top, like. 104 so they can't sign 12 rookies so they have to look to trade to dump some of those picks to turn it into um, some talent elsewhere Um, and I really like that trade up to 14 especially with uh, the edge rushers all going before Baltimore's there Baltimore can gain some draft capital in the future and they could also find a late round edge rusher or potentially an offensive lineman later on in the draft Cody who do you have at 15 15, the Eagles. Um, you just talked about uh, kind of that, do you want receivers that are similar to each other or do you want different receivers? Uh, I see them going with a receiver that's very similar to one they already have. They took Devontae Smith in the first round last year. I think once again, it seems like they always do. Take a wide receiver here in the first round. I have him going Chris Olave out of Ohio State, a guy who is super fast. He broke 4-4 in the 40. Uh, he's smooth. He's agile. Uh, I look for him to um, – beef up a little bit he's uh not necessarily the strongest receiver uh and those big nfl corners you need need to beef up a little bit but um i think olave fits right in with that kind of quick moving uh kind of running gun run and shoot offense with uh jalen hurts and Devontae smith so chris olave to the eagles i love that pick cody mainly because i have it the exact same way. <laughs> um, I have Philadelphia taking Chris Olave as well, pairing him on the outside with Devonta Smith. They make a great duo, um, great pass catchers. So I really like that. And in my mock, I had Atlanta picking at 16, so they're jumping that and they're taking Chris Olave right out from under him, who is very similar to Garrett Wilson, who would be a target that Atlanta would be looking at. So um I'll jump right into that, and I'll go with my Atlanta pick here. They got this in the trade with New Orleans. Um, I take, I have them taking Drake London, kind of that opposite receiver, um, 
one of those big bodied red zone guys who can just go up there and catch a ball. Um, so I really like that. I think it'll be really helpful for Marcus Mariota to have that. So we'll see how that plays out. I like Drake London here. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny how this works, isn't it? Uh, with, but so I have didn't have the same trade that you did. So I have the Saints still in this spot, but I had the Saints going in the same position. And the guy that's left for me is Jamison Williams. Um, the Saints, uh, I mean, Michael Thomas was Offensive Player of the Year the last time he was on the field, but he's hardly been on the field for two years. Um, and they need help for Jameis Winston uh, at that receiver position. And with Jamison Williams still available in my draft at this spot, I mean, you, I'm not going to spend a lot of time, but you talked about his playmaking ability, uh, was probably going to be the top receiver in this draft until he tore his ACL. Um, so that leaves him with, some questions with Thomas being a huge question mark, and then Williams, will he be recovered in time? But I think once once he sees the field, he'll be an immediate impact player uh, for the Saints. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Cody, who do you have at 17? you still have the Chargers there? I do still have the Chargers here. Um, and I have them uh, – I mean, they were, like we said, a huge team this – uh, off season, they picked up J.C. Jackson to help in the secondary. They re- they kept Mike Williams at wide receiver. They traded for Khalil Mack, so they got Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa on the outsides of that defensive line. But what about the inside of that defensive line? I have the Chargers going with Jordan Davis, the defensive tackle out of Georgia. Here, uh, a great spot for him. I feel like um, can immediately contribute on that team. Um, he won the Outland Trophy this year. Um, can immediately bolster that run defense. Um, he's going to demand, he himself can demand double teams, and you put him on a defensive line with Mack and Bosa. Oh, I think it's a great move for the Chargers uh, should they find themselves in this spot. Yeah, absolutely. I actually have the exact same pick. I think they are targeting a defensive tackle heavy. And as long as Baltimore doesn't take Jordan Davis here, I think they take him. If Jordan Davis is gone, I could see them going Devontae Wyatt, also from Georgia, another defensive tackle. They had a great defensive line. So why not go with one of those tremendous talents in Jordan Davis? So we're back to the Eagles again here in short order. Uh, You had him go. We both had him go on receiver uh, first. What do you have him doing now? Um, I could easily see them taking either Nicobe Dean or Devin Lloyd, um, both linebackers, both, both great off the ball linebackers could lead a defense, could be the quarterback of the defense. Um, but I have them pivoting. I think we've seen the slide of Trent McDuffie a little bit too far here. Um, so I have, uh, Trent McDuffie from Washington, the cornerback going to Philadelphia here at 18. Yeah, um, again, what goes around comes around, I suppose. I also, like, they that defense just kind of needs help in general, and I definitely see them going with the best player available approach here, and for me, that screams Trent McDuffie. Uh, so once again... <laughs> we we're, pretty, we're pretty good at this thing. Yeah, well, we'll see how good we are come Thursday night, but um, he's uh, physical, he competes on every play, um, he's consistent. 
he's a walk-in starter for them. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's a it fits a need. They do, I think, have needs in the front seven, like you talked about. But um, I just think that Trent McDuffie is too talented to uh, leave on the board any longer in that spot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, up next, we would have New Orleans, but I had them trade again. Um, so Atlanta here for at 19 for me. And I have them taking an edge rusher, um, kind of beefing up that defense. I have George Karlaftis from Purdue going here, um, the Greek rusher here. So I really like George Karlaftis. He's had a great, great transition from – I think he played basketball before this to um, going into football, and he's a great, great pass rusher. He can also get after the run, and we're really going to need to see that in Atlanta this year given their division and that pass-happy offenses that we've seen there as of late. Yeah, I mean, definitely a good call-out. Not something I was really considering, obviously, because I didn't have the trade. But um, So, yeah, I have the Saints still here, and I have them – getting Jameis Winston some protection uh, and going with Trevor Penning out of University of Northern Iowa. Um, kind of seems to me like the best offensive lineman still available after that first wave of uh, Aquonu, Neil, Cross. Um, he's tough. He's physical. Um, he performed really well at the Senior Bowl, showed that he can compete with the best of the best um, in college, and I think that he can uh, step in and start working to develop to be the new um, Karen Armstead for the Saints. Yeah, absolutely. If I didn't have that trade with Atlanta uh, for New Orleans to go up and get Malik Willis, I'd probably have some combination of either wide receiver and offensive tackle, probably Trevor Penning since he's the best available offensive tackle there or wide receiver and cornerback or quarterback, um, either Matt Corral or somebody of that um, caliber, maybe Desmond Ritter, but who do you have going at 20, Cody? So, yeah, if you remember, I had your Steelers trading out of the 20 spot. Uh, yeah. So I have the Giants here, and you um, had the Giants earlier getting edge rush help. So I have them getting that edge rush help now and just overall playmaker help. I have them going with Devin Lloyd out of Utah. Um, Love the pick for them. Uh, he's a guy who had over uh, averaged over a hundred tackles over seven sacks, uh, the past two years. Um, he's a super productive guy who can come in and be productive on that defense right away. Again, a team with a lot of holes, a team with a lot of needs. And I think that Devin Lloyd, um, fits him very well. He can beat blocks. He can play in coverage, um, and has versatility of where, uh, in that front seven, he can play too. So I just think he's a great piece, uh, for them to use, uh, considering I had them trading down. Yeah, absolutely. I did not have Pittsburgh trading up, so I have them going here at 20. Personally, I would love to see them either take uh, safety in Daxton Hill. Potentially, I really like his talent out of Michigan, but I think they kind of pivot against that. They don't need an inside linebacker. Um, so, I mean, they signed Miles Jack to play inside linebacker with Devin Bush there. They run that 3-4 defense, so they have two of them. So they don't need any other linebackers here. So I have them going quarter quarterback. I have them going with who I believe to be the second-best NFL-ready quarterback in this class in Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati. He's got to work on – he overthrows the ball a little bit, but 
with a little more touch, I think he could be a good quarterback, a little more development, everything like that. He can play under Mitch Trubisky for a year or two, and I think he could be potentially really good down the line. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, this, we both have the Steelers going for a quarterback. I think it's a definitely a direction they could go. Um, like we said, not necessarily a step-in starter day one, but um, some guys with talent and potential, uh, and we'll see if Pittsburgh can develop one of those guys um, or choose to. Um, good old Patriots. Where's Bill Belichick going, Devin? Man, I would love to see him take Nicobe Dean here. Um, great. Uh, well, before great. let me stop you. Let me stop you here. I don't think yeah, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a somebody push a like player to team fit more than Todd McShay is pushing Nicobe <laughs> Dean. Yes. To the Patriots. yes, absolutely. Literally every single time he talks about New England, he's talking about Nicobe Dean. I'm kind of on Nicobe train. His football IQ is off. He's literally Tom McShay's right. He is a Bill Belichick type player. Um, but I think New England goes with the speed over the smarts in Devin Lloyd at linebacker from Utah. And I think he is the only off the ball linebacker we see go in this first round. Yeah, I mean, a lot of talent there. Um, I just had him go in the pick before. Um, so I had, you know, I literally just listened to it thing about McShay and the Patriots and the Kobe Dean today. And I decided that they were going to pivot. And I decided that they have had a history of having great secondary Devin McCourty, uh, Stefan Gilmore to JC Jackson. And so they're trying to replace that JC Jackson. So I think that they could potentially go with uh, Dax Hill out of Michigan. Um, he did play a lot. Like actually, the majority of his snaps on defense were in the slot cornerback. So he definitely is one of those multi-purpose safeties who can rotate from safety to cornerback with ease. He's an incredible talent. Yeah, and I think that he can fit right in with that defense. I mean, Belichick's a defensive guru. Uh, I think he can mold him into whatever he wants him to be in that secondary. Um, he's active to the ball. He's not afraid to get dirty. Willing tackler. Um, and I think they need the secondary help. I mean, they got uh, some loaded – they have two loaded offenses in that division with Miami and Buffalo. So I think they need to re revamp that secondary, and I think that could start with Dax Hill. Yeah, I do want to throw in here, this is a potential trade-down spot. Bill Belichick loves to trade down. Um, and we – in both of our mock drafts, we just saw Baltimore get – some draft capital in their Kansas city trade. So they could trade up with that draft capital, jump in front of green Bay, Arizona and Tampa Bay and potentially grab Devonte Wyatt here. Cause they are in dire need of some defensive line help. And he would be incredible for them. They love those big guys in the trenches on the defensive side. So you could easily see that you could even see Arizona or Tampa Bay try and jump ahead of green Bay to try and get um, one of those big guys up front too. Yeah, and I know you don't because we talked about that beforehand, but um, I have Green Bay going need one here, and for me, need one for them is wide receiver. Um, they lost Devontae Adams. Their wide receiver depth chart is currently uh, Sammy Watkins and Alan Lazard. So I have them going with uh, Jahan Dotson out of Penn State here. Um, he can step in as a slot receiver uh, for that team right away. Um, 
he's he can also step in as a punt returner for them, a kick returner for them. Their special teams was so awful last year that uh, kind of that versatility to uh, be a playmaking wide receiver, but also a returner, I think makes them, him a very intriguing pick for them. Uh, and it addresses obviously a need with them losing Devontae Adams. Yeah, I mean, I could easily see them taking a wide receiver in this first round. First round, I love Jahan Dotson to them, but their GM, I mean, he doesn't take wide receivers in the first round. They haven't taken one since 2002, so it's a little bit hard for me to pull that um, trigger on a wide receiver, at least with their first pick in the first round. I mean, they have the 22 and the 28. I have them going with somebody you had New England going with in Daxton Hill. Um, They really need some defensive back help, and Daxton Hill is a great talent. We've already talked about him a ton, and I think he would be a good fit there in Green Bay. Yeah, I mean, couldn't agree. I think it um, definitely can be can contribute with them uh, just as well as you can with New England. So who do you have the Cardinals going with? I have the Cardinals replacing Christian Kirk here. I have them going with Traylon Burks, tremendous wide receiver out of Arkansas. Um, good contested ball catch. He can beat you over the top. Great yard after catch. He's a good wide receiver in general, and I think he – could potentially be a better replacement than Christian Kirk was for this Falcons off or sorry for this Cardinals offense. Yeah. You and a lot of mock drafts have him going there and I think he would be a great fit. I do. Um, but I think with Hopkins and with Rondell Moore, I think that they wait on receiver here and they, instead of replacing Christian Kirk, they replace uh, Chandler Jones and go with Devonte Wyatt. Um, I love that pick. I love that. Yeah, easy. Thank, thank you, Devin. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I mean, another uh, gem out of that Georgia defense. Um, he ran the 40 and 4.77 as a defensive tackle. Um, and, yeah, I mean – he has a la- he has a, lot, a ton of lateral quick quickness. I mean, he's not the edge rusher that Chandler Jones was, but uh, send him there, let him learn under JJ Watt. Like that's a nasty uh, pairing on that defensive line for them, uh, and I think it another need gets addressed for them. Uh, I like your pick too, but I think Devontae Wyatt here uh, is a great pick for the Cardinals. Yeah, absolutely. I think we might have a similar option here for Dallas, but I'm curious what you have them or who you have them taking here at 24. I, this is where my draft hit a, uh, a stall when I was making it. I, these, these good teams that don't have a ton of needs. Um, so I had them almost going with the best player available approach. And for me, that was, uh, our fellow Hawkeye, Tyler Linderbaum, um, and play several positions on the offensive line, uh, obviously was center for Iowa. Um, but uh, can lead the charge in that Zeke Elliott zone run game. Um, he's strong. He's shifty. He wrestled in high school. Um, he had a foot injury, so he didn't run at the combine of the pro day, but he, I just think he's got a ton of talent, a ton of leadership, um, great character. Uh, and I think he uh, can immediately step in and contribute and start returning that Dallas offensive line to its former glory. 
Yeah, absolutely. Great talent. I also have them taking Tyler Linderbaum here. The fall stops for him, um, and he fits with a good team. I mean, he'll be playing right alongside Zach Martin, Tyron Smith. Both of those guys are great cornerstone pieces of this Dallas offensive line, and they get their third one in Tyler Linderbaum here. Um, just an upgrade at center. Really something that they really, really need desperately. I could also see them going with just an interior offensive lineman, maybe Zion Johnson out of Boston College. We saw him play a little bit of center at the Senior Bowl, so he's shown that he can do that as well. Really kind of just depends on Dallas's big board and where they have Linderbaum stacked against Zion Johnson. Right, absolutely, absolutely. Um, speaking of teams with not a lot of holes, where do you have Buffalo going? I would really love to see Brees Hall go here, but I don't think Buffalo does that. Um, it's really the only glaring need that they have on offense, and it's not even that glaring. It's the most glaring on offense, but I don't think they really need it. We did see them lose Levi Wallace, the cornerback, in free agency, and given the Dolphins receiver room and Jalen Waddell and uh, Tyreek Hill, we've seen New England upgraded a little bit, and in our drafts, we both have the Jets taking a receiver here, so... They get some cornerback help, and I have them going Andrew Booth Jr. from Clemson. I love that pick. I do. <laughs> People are going to say that we're uh, simping over each other's <laughs> drafts here, but um, yeah, it is it is what it is. But um, he's the he's the best cornerback on the board right now, and they re- they could use some cornerback help. It's not it's not that hard of a pick to make unless they do pivot and they go with Brees Hall. Yeah, so I have them addressing another defensive need. I resisted the urge to have them take Brees Hall. I went with another defensive need for them, and that was offensive or outside linebacker. Uh, and for me, it's a fall. Um, it's a guy who ruptured his Achilles during his pro day, so obviously some injury recovery. But this Bills team is great without any draft addition, so I think they ha- they can afford to take David Ojabo here out of Michigan and let him recover and also uh, smooth some of the his rough edges uh, and just continue to develop him because I think he, he has a ton of talent. He had 11 sacks last year, a ton of upside, and I think that he can fit really well and contribute uh, in a Buffalo defense and uh, help them become even more contenders once he uh, gets healthy. Yeah, I actually really like that pick. David Ajabo really deserves to be a first-round draft pick, um, but given – the injury um, at his pro day, I don't, don't see it happening. I think he falls somewhere probably like mid-round two, um, and that's absolutely a steal. I think he deserves to go late round one, like I said earlier, but I just don't see it happening. Who do you have Tennessee taking at 26? So I debated here for a second. Um, I think they have a glaring need at tight end, so it, was, it would have been super easy for me to just, oh, yeah, they're going to take Trey McBride here. but. Their wide receiver room is pretty lackluster after A.J. Brown right now. So I have them taking uh, Traylon Burks, um, a speedy uh, slot receiver threat um, that can, I think, pick apart the Jacksonville and Houston defenses and immediately contribute uh, for them since he's still on my board here uh, and just add another weapon to that offense with A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry. Yeah, I like that pick. If he hadn't gone um, to Arizona in my mock draft, I could easily see Tennessee taking here taking him here. But they have a really big need 
on the offensive line, and Trevor Penning is just sitting there staring him in the face. So I have them taking him to be their right tackle opposite Taylor Luan, replacing Dylan Reduns, who is obviously not the same talent that Trevor Penning is. And I think they, they could easily upgrade, and then Trevor Penning will still be there when Taylor Luan retires or if he leaves in free agency, and they could just shift him right over to left tackle, and he'd be excellent at it. That is a steal for them there. I mean, I'm not saying that you absolutely. Like, I'm not saying that your draft isn't feasible up until that point, but for the Titans to get Penning at 26, that is a would arguably the biggest steal in the, either of our first rounds. I think it's it's really the New Orleans trade that did it. If New Orleans doesn't trade up at all, he's not going to be there at 26, and then it's either going to be Traylon Burks, like you said, it could be Kenyon Green, or it could be Zion Johnson. Um, and I think those are really the only options there for Tennessee at that point. Maybe they trade back if they can find a suitor. Who knows? Maybe if Devontae Wyatt's still there, another team trades up right in front of Tampa Bay to grab him. Speaking of him, I have Tampa Bay taking Devontae Wyatt at 27. Um, they need some defensive tackle help with Ndamukong Sue uh, leaving in free agency, and I think that Georgia talented off- or defensive line produces another first-round talent in Devontae Wyatt. Yeah, I mean, we talked about him already. Great talent, uh, great pick for them there. Um, I have them going the same direction. Uh, I have them taking George Karloff just out of Purdue. Uh, super, powerful, uh, super powerful guy, guy who will put in a lot of effort, which Todd Bowles, their new head coach, defensive mind alike. Um, I think that he can put in a lot of effort, uh, make that those offensive linemen work, and that really opens, up, uh, opens it up for your Anton Winfields, your – uh, Devin Bush or Devin White, sorry, and Levante David to make plays behind him, uh, as well as a guy who can obviously make plays himself. Uh, so I think that they, I agree with you that Tampa bolsters their front seven with that pick. Yeah, I like that. The defensive line pick is a great fit for Tampa Bay there. Um, don't really need a whole lot of help on offense. I could. They might go interior offensive line here. Zion Johnson's still there, and both of ours, so is Kenyon Green. Um, but Devontae Wyatt's just too good of a talent to pass up this late in the first round. Yeah, so with that, we'll move to Green Bay's second pick. Uh, I had them going wide receiver first. I have them going offensive line here, and I have them taking a uh, super versatile uh, Kenyon Green out of Texas A&M. Um, he started um, – he started at every position but center last year. Um, super powerful initial punch. He's great in the run game. Um, and I think he can fit in wherever he's needed on that offensive line, uh, which can certainly be bolstered uh, in Green Bay. And I think uh, Green Bay makes this move and helps out Rodgers even more. Yeah, absolutely. We've already seen my pick for the Green Bay Packers go to the Green Bay Packers. In your mock draft, I have Jahan Dotson here. Um, I think he could fall past Tennessee, past all of those other teams who are kind of offensive and defensive line focused in this draft. So I think Green Bay can afford to get Daxon Hill um, at 22 and then wait and get Jahan Dotson at 28 out of Penn State. And they break the streak. They break the streak. 20 years later, they draft another wide receiver in the first round, except this one does not fail like their previous one did. Absolutely. So, um, I don't know which pick you had, um, 
you had Kansas City taking the Baltimore, or Baltimore, which pick you had swapping. But to me, it makes a difference here. Uh, so I had Baltimore getting the 29th instead of the 30th. I did so as well. So I had Baltimore first. And for me, Andrew Booth is still on the board. And I think they go that direction. Uh, I think Baltimore, we talked about it in our draft capsules, how they're pretty thin at corner behind Peters and Humphrey. And I think that he can come in right away, learn from those guys um, and contribute and uh, be a good piece for them on defense. Yeah, I, uh, I like that pick. I think they could easily go cornerback if, especially if Andrew Booth is still there, they might take Roger McCreary, but I see him more as a second round um, guy. I have them going defensive end. And since, George Karlaftis is off the board. I have them going with Arnold Ebiketti out of Purdue. Um, another great edge rusher, Big Ten edge rusher. Those guys are always pretty good talents. Um, we saw them go with Odafe Owe last year, and we saw him get, I think it was five and a half sacks, a few um, forced fumbles. So pair those two together, and you got yourself a force um, getting after the quarterback. Yeah, so after Baltimore takes Arnold there from Purdue. I'm going to go with Kansas City here. They still keep one of their first rounders in their trade. I think they probably give up um, maybe a second rounder, maybe a second and a third to trade up those 15 spots. That would be probably my guess is they would have to give up their first and maybe either a high second or either a late second and a high third, something like that. But I have them going with Kair Elam. Uh, cornerback out of Florida. They really need defensive back help, especially with the wide receiver groups that we've seen um, in Vegas and LA and Denver. So getting that defensive back help is crucial and he's a great talent from Florida. So I think he'll be a good fit with this team. And the defensive backs continue to fly off the board. I have them addressing that need also. They lost Tyron Matthew, at least as of now. Uh, They lost Tardavious Ward. I'm going with Kyler Gordon here. He's raw. He doesn't have a ton of college experience aside from this last year, but he's got a ton of physical ability. um, And he had a huge jump in his, uh, in his film this year. Um, I think that he can immediately step in and be an impact player on that defense and address a need where they saw some significant losses this off season. Um, But you just talked about him then Um, Cincinnati, they addressed their offensive line issue. They have a, they could use some help on that defense. I think they get it with Kair Elam, who you just talked about. Um, they Their secondary kind of got exposed in the Super Bowl. Um, and I think that if they can bolster that secondary, continue to bolster that defense, I think they can um, – They can allow that will better allow that offense to run away from teams. And I think that, like you talked about, Kair Elam uh, is a great fit for them, just like he was for Kansas City in your draft. Yeah, this pick was um, pretty heavily debated in my mind. Um, it's coming down. I'm, I'm honestly making this choice right now as we're doing this. Um, it's coming down to either Roger McQuarrie or Zion Johnson. I just, I can't let Zion Johnson and Kenyon Green both fall out of the first round. I don't think it happens. Um, so I'm going to play the odds here, and I'm going to go with Zion Johnson from Boston College. He's a great talent. We have saw him transition he's played left tackle or tackle guard and we saw him play center at the senior bowl like i said earlier he could easily rotate within that offensive line he could replace jackson carmen at left guard for them 
Um, I think their left tackle and right tackle are kind of set and Lyle Collins and Jonah Williams. Ted Karras, um, he's a good player, um, but, I mean, you could easily move him to guard and have Zion Johnson rotate to center if you like Karras as a guard better. Um, Alex Kappa's pretty set at guard there, so I like beefing up that offensive line, which was really the biggest downfall in um, last year. We saw it kind of come to a helm at the Super Bowl, so protect Joe Burrow. Mission accomplished after this draft, that's for sure. If it wasn't already, it definitely is after uh, your draft. Um, last but not least, the Lions again. At least, well, not if you're looking at my mock draft, but do you have the Lions <laughs> taking the 30-second pick, Devin? I do, I do. I could easily see this being traded, especially for a team who really, really appreciates um, the fifth-year option that the first round presents. Um, and I see Detroit taking Matt Corral here, um, the fourth quarterback off of the board in my mock draft. They like Jared Goff, but they don't like him enough to keep him around as their franchise quarterback. They have him for two more years, so they let Matt Corral develop under him, get that veteran leadership, and Matt Corral comes back either 2023 or 2024 as a starting quarterback for the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I mean, a lot of mock drafts out there and Devin's mock draft have the Lions going quarterback here. I think they wait. Um, I think they realize that there's other needs that they can adjust, and there's probably better possibility for them to upgrade at quarterback in next year's draft. So I don't think they address that need here. I didn't know what they were going to do. So I said, why not let them get more draft picks? And so a team that screams like contender but needs a piece for me is Tennessee. Uh, they were the number one seed in the AFC this year, this last year, and that was without Derrick Henry playing. But a screaming need for them is tight end. So I have them trading back into the last pick in the first round and taking Trey McBride, the clear best tight end in this draft, um, can step in and immediately start for them at tight end and um, just add another weapon to that offense. I mean, my their offense after my mock draft has them with, uh, with Derrick Henry with um, A.J. Brown, with uh, Traylon Burks, and now with Trey McBride. And I think that's a lot of talent um, to make a push for a top spot in the AFC again this year. Yeah, I love that. Give the tight end some love. Let one go in the first round. Um, and like I said, I, I could easily see Detroit going another option here. Maybe they trade back to another team that's willing to pay to get back into the first round for – Maybe one of these cornerbacks, maybe um, safety, Lewis Seen uh, for Georgia. He was kind of he kind of had an underrated year um, with that Georgia defense. That defensive front really just kind of stole the show from all of the other pieces there. Um, so maybe Detroit takes Lewis. Maybe another team trades up to get that fifth year option, like I said earlier. But I'm excited to see how our Mac, our mock drafts stack up against the real thing come this Thursday. Um what about you? Are you excited for it? I'm, I'm pumped. Oh, yeah, I'm very pumped. I mean, this is really fun. I had a blast creating it. Um, our drafts are very interesting. They're similar in a lot of ways, more like dead on uh, picks that than I expected, I think, uh, where we had the same picks. But um, a lot of the same guys, I think apart from maybe two or three, we had the same selection of guys going in that first round. And I think that just shows how good that top tier of talent is in this draft um but yeah i can't wait for thursday just to see how it all 
how it all shakes out. Uh, we're doing a, I don't know if it'll be live or if we'll be recording We're going to fiddle around with it. We're going to try and get it live for you guys, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. Well, we're going to do a draft episode. Uh, it's going to be a little bit longer. Um, so obviously don't need to heal blast this and the whole thing, but we're going to just, you know, shoot the shit. Can I swear on here? I don't know. Uh, I'll put that this one is not a clean version episode. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, With each other. And we're going to have hopefully a fair number of guests on here too. Um, A lot of guys that just love football like we do. I'm really looking forward to it. It should be a great time. Um, Yeah, Devin, uh, what are your thoughts just on this mock? How our mock, mock drafts went? Yeah. Um, they're either going to be fairly darn accurate or just completely throw away. I mean, I think really the top like six picks all actually top 10, most likely all pivot on Houston and our mock drafts. You have them going Thibodeau. I have them going to Quonu. If they take a Quonu, then my next few picks are probably going to be more correct than yours. If they take Thibodeau, then yours are definitely going to be more correct than mine because then Giants would probably take Quonu over Evan Neal. Carolina might take Evan Neal over Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis and yours. So a lot of stuff kind of pivots on Houston at three because I'm fairly certain that it's going to be Aiden and then Trayvon at one, two. It could be opposite. It could be Trayvon and Aiden. Aiden's not falling to three. Trayvon might. Um, But we shall see come draft night. I'm very excited for it. I'm very excited to spend it with all of you guys and with all of our guests that we're going to have on the show. So you have that to look forward to. Yeah, and I re- I just extremely uh, – I just am really hoping that Kansas City trades up with Baltimore. Oh, my gosh. If we both call that, I would, I would be ecstatic. Yes, trade up with Baltimore, steal the wide receivers from Philly, from New Orleans, go get your guy in Jamison Williams, or, as you have it, Drake London – we shall see come draft night. I am so excited. I know you are, and I know I keep saying that, but I just can't contain it. Yes, just a few short days away. Uh, guys, thank you for listening. Uh, hopefully you have my, you were comparing your either mental or actual mock drafts to ours. Uh, hopefully you're just as excited as we are. Word of the day, excited uh, for this draft. Moves us into the next phase of this offseason. Uh, we'll see you Thursday night. Until then, I will leave you with Wisdom as always, and we're going way back in wisdom. We're going to Confucius. Confucius says there are three things that cannot long be hidden. The sun, the moon, and the desire to keep roughing the podcast. We'll see you guys in a few days. Have a good one. Sorry, Cody, I don't mean to cut you off here. I know he normally ends the episodes with his great, great, great things that come in threes. But real quick, please let us know what you think of our mock draft. Send us an email, roughthepod at gmail. I will also put um, a question up there. I'm not quite sure if it translate over translates over to Spotify, but I'll let you guys vote on whose mock draft you prefer. Um, if there is no question, send us a dang email. Let us know what you think. Um, please yell at us if you think we're wrong about something. We would love it. Um, and send us any questions you may have. We love you guys. Thank you so much. Goodbye.